Obviously one of the entities that Allegra was speaking about. But what specifically? Yes. Let's go and speak to her now. We can drop off the four seals we already have. Welcome back, Jimmy and friend. Hello, Allegra. So far, we've collected four seals. Wow, you two are making short work of it. You must be famished. Sit down. I have some cheese and bread for you to fill your bellies before you continue. One must never quest on an empty stomach. <laughs> Thank you and some special red wine to wash it down. You're far too kind. No, not at all. We came back here to ask you about the entities. Ah, uh, yes. What do you want to know? Well, who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? They were once very proficient magic users. There were many of them, ordained to help others in their respective areas. The thing you have to understand is, magic is a being of its own. It sits in a big, uh, what can I call it? Vat. Magic users draw from that vat. There are others that can draw from people instead, but they are rarer. I am one of those. My friend here as well. Yes, I can tell. I can also tell that you are not completely good. But there is a sense of empathy that emanates off you. These entities have none of that. You see, when you dip into that vat, you lose a little of yourself. It's the price of power. They've just dipped far too many times into the vat and have now devolved into the entities you see out there. Some more than others. I see. We met a girl named Abigail. Oh, yes. A little 13-year-old witch from Salem that was burnt at the stake for being a witch. Tragedy, that one. Not quite sure how she is stuck here, but her mind is gone. Don't be fooled though. She is dangerous. You'd do best not to talk to her again. She didn't seem that bad. Just confused. You'll just have to trust me on this one. Thanks. 
What do you do, Jimmy? Me? I'm a collector of stories, amongst other things. We will continue to help, as long as you know that these stories, once witnessed, will become mine to add to my repository. If that's the price to save the world, then so be it. Good. Thank you for the food and drink, and also for the information. It was illuminating. Not a problem. Good luck. Well, friend, let's get back to it. Chef's Specials, written by Carolyn O'Brien, narrated by David Martinez. When Dr. Wong was a medical student, he learned a standard process for writing orders. Diet comes first, ahead of activities and vital signs. This practice overflowed into his own life list of priorities and food became the forerunner in his social life as well. He had a big date tonight, and his culinary skills never failed him when he was out to impress the ladies. Cooking was also another way he found joy in serving others. He marched downstairs, brimming with excitement, eager to get started on the night's menu. At the bottom of the staircase, he slid into a pair of comfy clogs. It would be his first feeling of deja vu that day. Clogs replaced his street shoes before he began his duties at the hospital, too. Cooking and surgery weren't so different, really. Both claimed modest beginnings, Cooks were slaves, and surgeons were barbers. Both professions combined art and science for a fulfilling life of trial, and occasionally error, on the quest for a key ingredient and the right consistency. Other people were the subjects of the cook's or the doctor's experimentation. Dr. Wong bounded into the kitchen and slipped into a white apron. No white coat today. He breathed deeply and sighed, clapping his hands together and rubbing his palms in anticipation. A perfect surgery is in the preparation, much in the same way a fabulous meal results from organizing and arranging the ingredients. Mise en place is French for putting in place and is used for preparing kitchen equipment and food. It can minimize mess, save time, and help you flow seamlessly from one recipe to another. The doctor made sure the necessary pots and pans were clean and prepared, and that the oven was set to the right temperature. He gathered all the ingredients he would be using, making sure they were available and ready to use. While he stood in front of the stainless steel sink, his hands balled under the running water. He chuckled as he scrubbed in once again. Similar to a surgeon's obsession with cleanliness, a cook has an intense dislike for salmonella and E. coli. It's why a respectable kitchen should shimmer like an operating room. He was ready to prepare a magnificent meal. Dr. Wang would embark upon the dessert first. Homemade ladyfingers. Lucy had mentioned her fondness for them. 
they weren't going to take very long to prepare, and they would have plenty of time to cool before serving. In a small bowl, he beat egg whites and cream of tartar together. He added sugar while continuing to whip until stiff, glossy peaks formed. In another bowl, he beat the egg yolks with some sugar and lemon extract for a citrus flavor. Combined that with a flour, baking powder, and salt mixture before folding in the fluffy egg whites. He filled a pre-cut pastry bag with the batter and piped lines four bites long onto a greased and floured baking sheet. He slid them into a hot oven and ten minutes later onto a wire cooling rack. Onto the appetizer, Thai ribbon chopped salad. It would pair nicely with the marinara sauce dish he had planned for the main course. He peeled carrots, chopped some cilantro, chopped basil, sliced peppers, and roasted nuts. All this tedious yet crucial preparation took him back to his days of surgical residency and echoes of, what this operation needs is five of me and none of you, resounded in his mind. He took the mandolin slicer off of the shelf, unfolded the legs, and propped it on a chopping board. The instructions on the box recommended using cut-resistant gloves, but as a surgeon, he was accustomed to ignoring his own cuts, burns, and strains of all sorts, so he chose to do without. He adjusted the slicer to julienne cutting before gliding the peeled carrots down its runway, repeating the motion with even pressure to keep the slices the same thickness. He scooped the shredded carrots into his cupped hand and dropped them into a bowl and threw in a cup of bean sprouts, the chopped herbs, and the slices of red pepper. After giving the elements in the bowl a few tosses, he started on the salad dressing. He squeezed some limes and grated some of the lime zest, dribbled in a little olive oil and added some honey. He sprinkled the concoction over the veggie blend and set the salad aside to marinate. Dr. Wong wiped his hands and his apron. Time to tackle the sauce. The necessity to loosen the skins of the tomatoes for their easy removal was a bit ironic to him when he considered the number of patients that had asked him for advice about skin tightening. As he plunged a dozen of the pulpy fruits into a pot of boiling water, he silently yearned for an assistant to wipe the sweat from his brow. The skins quickly loosened in the scalding water and he dumped the tomatoes into a cool bath in the sink. Each tomato had to be peeled and cored, sliced in half, and the seeds scooped out. He chopped an onion and sautéed it with a minced clove of garlic before adding the dissected tomatoes. Cooking truly is a science. A pinch of dried basil and a dash of dried oregano. A sprinkle of salt and a smidgen of pepper. He kept an eye on it and stirred it often as it simmered on the stove top. And now for the pied de resistance, the featured dish in the meal, the entree. Dr. Wong dumped the jar of pickled protein into a colander to drain away any excess liquid, then folded the chunks into the pot of tomato sauce. He poured the combo into a lasagna pan and slid it into a warm oven. He looked at the clock on the stove, 30 minutes to showtime. He often called the operating room his theater, too. Every detail, from the host or nurse who greets you, to the light, sound, and temperature in the room, affected one's experience. 
At work, he was constantly watched, criticized, or applauded by colleagues, interns, and higher-ups. Lucy would be his audience tonight. A formally set table and an operating room's instrument tray might be seen as the equivalent of one another. The good doctor covered the table with a tablecloth. He placed a charger plate in front of each chair, a salad fork, and a dinner fork on the left side of each plate and a dinner knife to the right. Wine glasses went above the knives. He glanced over at the clock again, 15 minutes to get spruced up. He jumped in the shower, brushed his teeth, splashed on some cologne, and decided on khakis, a striped shirt, and a blue sports jacket. After that, he strolled back to the kitchen and took two salad plates from the cupboard, then used wooden salad tongs to transfer a heaping portion of the Thai blend from the serving bowl to the plates. He topped them off with roasted peanuts and stepped back to admire his stunning plating. He was relishing the vibrant beauty and uniformity of the two helpings. A dish doesn't have to please the eye to appease the palate. Similarly, stitches don't necessarily need to align in order to heal. But Dr. Wang instinctively required that things appear beautiful. He didn't usually choose style over function, but the perfect combination was magical. He looked at his watch. 802. He frowned and started mumbling to no one. Then the doorbell chimed and Dr. Wang trudged to the door. He took a few seconds to compose himself before opening it. Lucy looked ravishing, her long red hair contrasting beautifully with her royal blue dress. It was their fourth date. If only she would call him by his first name, but he supposed calling him doctor rather than Dr. Wong was progress. She brought him a flower, and the doctor put it in a glass of water in the center of the table. He seated her like the gentleman he was and darted into the kitchen. He immediately returned with two lovely salads, one in each hand. He set the salads down, one for Lucy and one for himself. Then he sat and they ate. They discussed her current hobby of scrapbooking and his passion for cooking. What do you say we have dessert before the main course? Suggested Dr. Wong. Lucy paused as if in thought. Did you make something special for me? Okay, why not? When they were through with their appetizers, Dr. Wong carried the used dishes to the kitchen and placed them in the sink. He put three of the cooled cookies on a plate and dusted them with powdered sugar, then carried them to the table. Aww, you remembered. Lady fingers, my love. Whomever gets the fingernail wins a prize. Lucy dismissed the corny joke. But there's an odd number who gets the third. I'm afraid we'll have to share it. At that, Lucy blushed. They each finished their one cookie and split the third. Too full for the pied de resistance? Never. And Lucy giggled. Be right back. Dr. Wong went to the kitchen and returned with two steaming dishes. 
A basket of rolls was balanced in the crook of his arm. He set a dish in front of her, and she inhaled deeply. Then he placed the baskets of rolls on the empty cookie plate which was on the right side of the table. He set his dish down and sat and awaited Lucy's verdict. She stabbed one of the two-inch oblong morsels with her fork and cut it in half. It smelled delicious and she was sure to let Dr. Wong know. He watched her intently as she lifted the bite to her parting lips. He tried to read her facial expressions as she chewed, but she had been working on her poker face. Lucy swallowed, placed her fork on the table next to her dish, patted the corners of her mouth with her napkin and cleared her throat. She took a sip of wine and replaced the glass at its one o'clock position in her place setting, then looked across the table at Dr. Wong. Well? he asked. Well, what? Lucy quipped. What do you think? She was silently reveling in his mounting agitation just a bit too much. She hesitated a few more seconds, then smiled and applauded the chef. Dr. Wong let out a breath he didn't realize he was holding. He was thrilled. Another successful meal. These are the rewards that turn terrible weeks into triumphs. The extra time he'd been spending in the morgue had paid off. Lucy stabbed a second bite and peered across the table. Calamari, she guessed. Appendix, Dr. Wong said proudly. Lucy gagged and frowned. The doctor continued, I've been collecting appendix for the past several weeks. I wanted to make a special dinner for you. Lucy retched and ran to the restroom. The unpleasant sounds coming through the door squashed Dr. Wong's high spirits. He was disappointed that Lucy didn't seem to appreciate his efforts. He prided himself on his knowledge of anatomy. It proved to be invaluable, aiding in the necessary dissection of the thymus for making sweet breads, for example, and Adeline could not praise them enough. Helen raved about the liver, Celeste couldn't get enough of the tongue, and Ava loved the kidneys. Dr. Wong wondered where he went wrong. Just as when he performs surgery, mistakes must be identified and never repeated. The blood sausage was a mistake. But, as usual, he tasted the appendix before serving it, and he thought it was delicious. Surely the problem wasn't that he neglected to offer Parmesan cheese. Lucy screeched from the other side of the door. That time you made stomach, it wasn't tripe.
You've been listening to the Night's End podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. Chef's Specials was written by Carolyn O'Brien, whose work you would have heard on this podcast before in Season 1 with Lifetime Commitment, Season 2 with Behind the Glass, and in our 2021 Halloween special with Miss Creel and Cheesy Halloween. This episode was narrated by David Martinez. David is a regular on the night's end, having narrated Murder Maze and voicing a character in the audio drama episode, Tiny Town. He also played the regular character in season two of Alan Mortain in the night's end meta story. Jimmy Horrors was performed by James Barnett. Allegra was performed by Rebecca Strazina from the West London Witch. All links in the show notes. This episode was edited and produced by James Barnett. If you'd like to support our little indie podcast, please head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Night's End Podcast, where for as little as a dollar, where you can gain early access to episodes, exclusive episodes, and other rewards. And as always, stay horrific, everyone. <laughs>